You're listening to What the Hell is Michael Jammin Talking About? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about creativity, I'm talking about writing, and I'm talking about reinventing yourself through the arts. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of What the Hell is Michael Jammin Talking About? I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about today. I'm talking with uh, a wonderful actress named Marilyn Ricecup, who I worked with many, many years ago. I was introduced to her. She's doing her hair right now. How's um, your side part going? Okay, go on. <laughs> many years, we were teamed up to um, take a pilot out based on her life. And like many pilots, didn't go anywhere. But, but Marilyn, is, you, you're one of my favorite Hollywood stories. And I'm going to tell it to you. And I Please hope do. it I hope it embarrasses you because it was so funny. So, so we were working together on oh, telling this wow. pilot. And then it was a few years later, we were doing uh, Marin, or Mark Marin, his show. We were running his show. And then we needed someone like at the last minute to play themselves in an interview. So I text Marilyn. I got her number on my cell phone. I text her. And oh, I no. say, what did I do? What I, do I say, say, hey, Marilyn, I know this is the last minute, but do you want to be in our TV show? And then you wrote back, yes, who is this? <laughs> no, don't need to read a part. And we just, uh, the script's not important. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> I guess I just assumed I was in your phone. And you're, so I was like, whatever. And then we later had you on Rent and Link's buddy system. And then, but for the people who are, are not entirely sure who you are, I mean, you've done a ton of stuff. Most, I guess your biggest role was uh, Chloe on 24, which was a giant hit. Yeah. And, uh, so you're Chloe, but but then I was also looking through your credits, and you also played Chloe on Veronica's Closet, and I wonder if that was just a um, like a, a trial run <laughs> with, for the name. <laughs> trial, uh, yeah, it was. It's in the ether that that uh the quirky, awkward girl. Oh, uh, let's call her Chloe. And Veronica's Closet, she was androgynous, and uh, it was Wally Langham who played her assistant yeah. on that show. If I'm remembering correctly. Both of us, he his character turned out to be gay. It was actually kind of a yeah. sweet story. And so we both were ambiguous sexually, and we both had crushes on um, Scott Bayo, which is not adorable, but not um, anymore. Do would you remember all the parts you've done like this? Do you have a good memory for everything you've done? You've probably, done a lot of parts. You know what's funny is you're pulling the switcheroo on me because normally people will say stuff to me and I'm like, I don't remember that at all. But things okay. like this, like if you ask me what the part is and what the story is, I most likely will remember that stuff. Yeah. But, but when you go ahead. Yeah. But there are some things where either, I don't know. It depends. Cause sometimes I'm in stuff. I'm like, I don't remember being there. I don't remember you, you know, Really? Do you, you sometimes turn on the TV and like see an episode of something you've done? Because you've done a ton and they go, oh, look at there. There, there I am. <laughs> Do you like not yeah, remember? But it's funny the, the way that you're saying it, like through the prism of the actual part, I uh -huh. will remember that. But there's a certain, I don't know, there's certain events or like one off things or sometimes there's stuff on 24. There's a ton, ton of like guest stars because there's so much plot on that show and there's yeah. so many people that get killed per episode and um you know it might most likely in that case it's a person that i just wasn't on set with and so right. i didn't and right. i don't have memorized the episodes of who all the characters are type of thing but you i mean now you do a lot of i see you posting you're always on the road you're always doing stand-up but did you start as a stand-up i started 
in stand up ish. Yes. I was going to school for like painting and then it turned to performance art. And then I started uh, making fun of performance art. Uh huh. And then I was doing, I was in San Francisco and I was going to bars and doing like open mic shows. Cause I was really attracted to like solo performers, but at the time it was like more performance arty. And then once I started just organically making fun of it, uh-huh. I started to encounter comedians who would come to these. There was a crossover between artists and comedians who would go to the same open mics. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing the comedians and going, oh, that's, oh, that's somebody that knows their voice. They're, right. you know, they're natural at like storytelling because I was seeing a lot of like, you know, just poetry from their journal and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I started meeting comedians that I was like, oh, those are my people. But I still didn't understand necessarily how I was being funny. And then how did you find your voice then? That takes a long time. Oh, I think I just found it like last week. So, <laughs> well, tell me why. Tell me how you like what, how you found it. What, what does that mean for you to find your I, I know what it means for a writer. What does it mean for you? Um, what I'm realizing, honestly, lately within the past few years, especially within the past decade that I've gone on the road doing comedy in earnest is that I do have a story to tell. It's just taken mm-hmm. me a long time to kind of uh, hone in on what that is. And a lot of it is just come from my life experience and putting together like, oh, that's what I thought about that. You know, like reflecting right. on stuff. Because I think when I first started, I was very, um, I I grew up sort of in a bubble and pretty naive. And so I just was putting a vulnerability out there, but I didn't know what I was saying or what I was doing. And I got a lot of acting because of that. You know, Really? So you were vulnerable back when you were starting off? Yeah, and that's pretty much what I did on stage is I would improvise and I wouldn't know what I was going to say. And Uh I, I can remember looking back like other people would be like, did you write a sketch packet for that? Because again, there was a crossover between mm. actors and, and comedy writers. And I used to just really beat myself up. And it's because I didn't, I was so bogged down by whatever social anxiety and whatever my brain, the mechanism was geared towards performing. But I, and, and I still quite can't quite articulate it, but I just know that I didn't have the presence of mind or the ability to, uh, I, my brain just didn't work that way. I, I couldn't, I wasn't about to sit down and write a sketch packet. I had to go through it experientially, you know, year after year to be like, oh, I'm this type of person. That's why sometimes people will be like, you know, they'll ask the generic question of uh, who were your comedic influences? It's like, I never related to a guy on a stage in a suit with a tie going, here's what I think about this. It's only lately that I'm going, Oh, I have an opinion on that. And it's a strong opinion, but it took me a long time to not be really reactive and really passive. Right. But you still, I mean, you write, you write out your material before, like as if anybody, as any other comedian would write or no. I do. I do. And it's, (laughs) and and now that I've been doing it so long, things will come to me and it's always Mm -hmm. a joy when you, and I'm sure when you're writing, sometimes you'll get those like one liners really quick. Yeah. That, that you're like, oh, that's like fully formed, you know, like I'd have one line that's been in my act forever, but I just love it. It's like, did you know you could do a bunch of yoga and still be an asshole? And that's just a real <laughs> quickie, like, yeah, I didn't sit down, like trying to write that. <laughs> um, 
And then I have a whole like another scenario that follows that where it's like the kernel of it is truth, but the way it comes out is pretty fabricated. Do you have a preference as to what do you prefer acting or, or stand up or what does it not make a difference to you? Um, I mean, at this point I prefer stand up just because really? there's like, well, there's like meat on the bone for that in terms of I get to be in control and I get to be on stage for an hour and it's hard and it's challenging. Yeah. It's like exhilarating. I love acting. It's just, Lately, it's been a bit of like diminishing returns in terms of like parts that I can actually be challenged by. Like I would absolutely yeah. love to have something that I can like dig into and that would have like a lot of layers to it. Something that I could, you know, come back and continue to be that character. But, you know, I'm, I'm in the uh, going on like 10 to 15 years of the life of a a lot of guest stars which is great mm -hmm. i'm very thankful and 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 i will do that again but that's got its own you know you're coming onto a set where everybody knows each other and you're just yeah. like i gotta now in two days fit into the tone of the show and then yeah. i do my one thing and then i leave and do you prefer because you do a lot of comedy do you for i mean do you prefer drama then to do, do is it you know is that more satisfying to you um i mean 24 was pretty satisfying just because it was such a big show and it was so different for me. But also you were, you were kind of like the relief character. I mean, you were the awkward, totally. you know, weirdo, right? I mean, totally. yeah. Yeah. But do, is there a plan then with the, with your step? I mean, uh, I don't know why I'm asking this. Is there more to it? Do Is there any other, is there a bigger plan for you doing all this? Uh, no, I need your help because My help. I yeah. want your help. Um, <laughs> I would, my dream would be to be able to get another acting role that I could, you know, be a regular character on something. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big dream. My other dream would be to sell out the tickets in the small clubs that I do so that I could sustain what I'm already doing. And uh, th so, you know, when you say like, is there a plan? That would be the plan. I don't necessarily know if I get to do that or not. You know, I've right. got a few. I've got a few more pushes in me. And if, if that doesn't, if one of those things doesn't start to pay off, I will be, uh, you know, trying to pay for my lavish lifestyle in some other way. Maybe OnlyFans, um, Only fan. maybe mm -hmm. some feet videos. <laughs> I, I, heard on, I heard on OnlyFans, there's like, you know, big breasted women making smoothies. I could do like the small breasted women making smoothies on OnlyFans. Wait, so they're not naked. They're just, but they're just making smoothies. They're naked. Oh, oh, let me talk to you about something. I've yeah. spent I've spent zero time on there, but I was on the <laughs> I have a new podcast called That Woo You Do. Please, please promote it because that I Woo You Do for sure. At That Woo You Do, I have a partner. We talk about what's a woo that you do, that a magical thinking thing that you do in your life that things can you think. Anyway, we were uh, digressing, and um, our producer went on to OnlyFans. The thing about it is, there's a whole universe. Uh -huh. of stuff i think it started out as like softcore porn and now it's like everything well and i don't be... i can't say much more because i only spent about 40 seconds on there but you get go on there you get an onslaught of like all different kinds of things that i mean people are... are doing comedy on there people are doing oh really on there. yeah so it's not porn. so you're saying not just porn it's just not other... just porn. it's not just porn anymore like whitney cummings is doing uh the, she did the burt kreischer roast on um 
OnlyFans. Anyway, I'm here to promote my podcast at, at that will you do. Do they Tell don't me, need publicity? But let's talk about your podcast. Okay, so what's the premise of your show, your podcast? So my friend Jeffrey and I, he comes on the road with me. He's a very funny comedian. Um, he features for me and we enjoy each other's company. And um he may or may not, I I may like he maybe carries crystals in his pockets yeah, sometimes. I, got, I have some crystals right here. I keep them on my computer in case in case That's I, what I'm talking for about. creativity. This is California, yeah. you know. <laughs> it, yeah, fuels. So the podcast is what is the woo that maybe you're embarrassed about uh -huh. that you do that you uh -huh. think like, have you written yourself a check for a million dollars? Do you keep crystals on your uh -huh. desk to uh, harness the, you know, the energy from the universe? Like we had a guy talk that he started praying. Yeah. We have, I had a story about going to visit a, a crystal skull. One lady talked, of course, psychics came up, but there's all different types of little things that you think is going to give you or things that, you know, make you happy. And they're sort of like a magical thinking. But that's a great idea, actually, because it's very small, but it's very optimistic and helpful. For a yeah. Podcast. And I had yeah. one woman who was like, she wasn't on the pod, but she's like, I don't have a woo. I don't have a woo. And the more we talked, she said, I'm very organized, though. And I said, well, what does that bring yeah. you? And then yeah. I, oh, I love organizing as a woo because that gives her a sense of peace and, you know, calmness and it's like what's that thing you do that makes you feel good you know when i was i was struggling a few years back i was all depressed about something and then going to the, and then i read this book and it's very new agey there's a lot of the book that was i thought this is very helpful I, I, this is very helpful about. but then it went a little too far and i was like ah oh, you fucking ruined it like i was on board and then you just took it one step too far but one of the things that he said that i thought was so helpful it was about like you know kind of like visualizing your life or whatever and yeah. it one of the things that was so helpful he said it's already it's already happened it just hasn't happened yet like whatever you want is it's already happened it just hasn't happened yet and so i was like that was so profound to me it was like oh so now I just have to figure out how to make it happen because it's already it's already done. I, I don't know why I find that really helpful. Maybe it doesn't help help you at all. <laughs> I love that. Well, it sort of eases the pain of. I think the idea is like we're supposed to go through these challenges and take little steps, but it's like watering a plant. You're not just like, why aren't you grown? Right. Why aren't you, why aren't you a tree yet? But you know, you're like, oh, you're go you will be a tree, and I just but, know you're growing, and, and I can't. It doesn't help to go like, why aren't you this yet? And that's what you're doing now, because you're just putting this energy out there. You're putting it like with going on the road, which is not easy, and you're putting the energy out there, hoping that like, okay, something will come from it, and you know something will. You just don't know what it will be. Yeah, right? yeah, and I'm really hoping to. Um, you know, looking back on my life, because we, that was a long time ago that we pitched that, you know, I had a, I had a very good run of good fortune with sort of having the parts shine on me for a little yeah. while there, you know, and then yeah. of course with the massive show of 24 and people know me from always sunny in Philadelphia now, yep. even though that's only a couple episodes, but I've been very lucky, but you know, I still want to do it. So we'll see. So how many, when you're on the road, cause I, you are on the road a lot. Like how many days are you on the road? It's just a lot. 
It's a, like on a give. Will you try? Okay, so will you, when you're on the road, will you go from one city to the next, or do you always come back to LA? I try to come back, um, and I, you know, the best case scenario for me would be to do two weekends a month, but it doesn't work out like that. Now this month of November, I'm going to be out for almost the entire month because I have like a lot of one nighters. Uh -huh. Some this you know won't give you the a weekend booking some clubs right so it's just one nighters that i can get booked and then i'm going and then, do you drive from city to city then or what are you flying no at this time i'm just doing a lot of one-way flights one-way flights back and forth yeah it's exhausting it is exhausting it's very bizarre tell me what it is so you okay so you go to some city let's say you're going to boston Right. You fly in the night before. What do you do? What's it? What is it really like? Yeah, it's it, you're asking me at a weird time because I, I just booked a bunch of flights and some of them, if I have a one night or somewhere, I'm not getting paid for four or five shows. Uh, like what's nice. What's the mm -hmm. best is if you can fly in the night before you wake up, you chill out and you right. do a whole weekend of shows. And then you, but, after the last show, you fly back or do you wait another day? No, after the last show, you fly back. Well, you have to like spend the night, but usually it's like 6 a.m. I'm out the next morning because I got to be home and like take the kid to school and pick up the kid from school. And what would happen if like your flight got caught somewhere or you're like a connecting flight? You Like what would happen if you missed your connecting flight to the show? What happens? Hey, it's just another day that he stays with his dad and they got to take couple but of for men. you but you missed the show i'm saying like oh you're for, saying if i don't make it to the show yeah well that hasn't happened yet okay but yeah and and this time in november i've got a lot of like there's portland there's alameda california there's right. sacramento there's utah you know and they're all within a few days so i'm doing these like little flights and some of them are the same day of the show there's one where i get in at 4 p.m and the show's at seven or eight and that's just the way it's gonna way be it is but i also think all right so exhausting from the travel i, I don't know why i'm so stuck on the on this whole the practicality of this whole thing but then you have to psych yourself up to go up on stage at whatever nine o'clock or whatever like you have to your isn't your energy sapped by that time yeah. what do you what do you do uh, I nap before uh -huh. and then I make sure that I have enough time to wake myself up from the nap. Mm -hmm. And then also if I'm feeling really dark and low energy, yeah, I just, I just let myself go there. Cause go, if you, if you try you to push it away, it just makes it worse. So you, you, right. So you're on, right. You're about to go on stage and you're fucking exhausted. And, and then what, you wouldn't, you go then there. You, what happens is. I've experimented with different versions. Like, you know, I was saying I was real reactive in the past. Sometimes I would get really in my head and I'd get really quiet. And I've learned techniques. Like if I'm feeling low, feeling exhausted, I carry that with me on the stage. I'm honest with it. Mm -hmm. Then I use it. And, and then it's like little step ladders. You get out of it because you're standing on stage in front of an audience but it's using the honesty of where you're at and then that exhaustion oftentimes will turn into annoyance will turn into anger will turn into humor uh -huh. i mean there's one example where i got booked at i thought was a club it was a bar show it was in a weird part of town it was 
honestly very white trashy for lack yeah. of a better word and i was like i never drink before shows and i started drinking and then when i by the time i got on stage i was like i don't know why i got booked here right like, i don't know what this is and you, did they, you say that as part of your act yes yeah, you did <laughs> and they loved it because i was being honest right. and i took the i took my reality i was like what is this like i walked around the building it's just like a dirt parking lot right i don't even know like what's happening why but are that, you guys here why and that must have depressed you when you showed up me. right you don't deserve me that's hilarious and it was like one of the funnest shows ever and i started categorizing the audience like you guys are what is this over you know what okay you guys are this is what you're gonna do and i started naming them and oh my god the guy who went on before me and but, you know, again, this is like also after many, many shows under my belt, I wouldn't recommend just doing that willy nilly. But we're we're talking about addressing this like darkness in my soul mm -hmm. because I already I already know a lot of things about myself. Honestly, I know the caliber that I can work at. And I know that I'm not like necessarily a super work joke smith, wordsmith. You know what I mean? I know my lane and I know my strengths and I know my experience. And I know that I'm I'm not just going on stage to be pissed off to shit on them. I know that I'm gonna transform it into something. And I have enough experience to know that I can do that, you know? That's so funny that because you had this awful experience, like the worst. You show up, this is going to be terrible. And it turns out to be great because you acknowledge it. And were they there to see? I mean, it just seems like you're, okay, I'm Chloe. How would I get out of this fucking mess? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're really, you're really getting me going. I feel like I'm talking a lot because you're, because you're, you're going right into the minutia. That's very real things that become yeah. components of the show. When I first started going on the road proper, 24 was actually still on the air. Uh -huh. And I still I still had this, what was funny to me at least a decade ago was like, I'm like uncomfortable. I don't like myself. I had this uh, very self-deprecating, which will never completely go away, but very self-deprecating uh, point uh, humor, which to me was hilarious to expose that. But when I took the stage and they were expecting to see Chloe, it was right. completely confusing to them because they're going, you're a TV star. You're Chloe. Like, what is this person? This weirdo. Right. This, like, interior. Like, I'm like, I don't remember what the jokes were back then, but I developed. I had to. It was like do or die. I had to survive. I had to uh, sink or swim. And, I, you know, next thing you know, I've got a whole 15 minute chunk that's like. Oh, you're my Jack Bauer. Oh, you like, you know, and I'm like, I'm not really good at computers, guys. And I'm just playing. Right. Because I can feel the energy and they need to be like that guy. He loves Jack Bauer. Oh, you're the Jack Bauer of the show. And I, you know, I develop jokes within that. And right. Efer's not here. He's not, <laughs> you know, some of it dumb, but like, because they were so jacked up that, and only seeing that way that. But that's interesting because they have this expectation. I mean, I, I mean it's natural. I, I get. I guess they're coming to the show. Are they coming to see you now because of Chloe or because of your comic? Like, what do you think they're? Why are they coming out? Do you think? 
it's a mixture now and it uh -huh. really is a true mixture it's people that don't know why they, they're there that don't know me from anything it's people that know me from always sunny it's people that right. know me from Bowie. those two camps want to fight with each other and it's people who are comedy fans it's a right. real mixture so do you feel this is odd but because this is also for i guess this speaks also to your celebrity but when you when you meet someone when they want to meet you they want to shake your hand they want to take a picture of you is there a sense that you're like did i get did I give you what you wanted? Oh, yeah. yeah. What is that like for you? I just let them say their thing. Right. And then what? That's that's all they want. You just let them give them a chance to, to voice what they're, and that's it. And that's I all try you have to, to do. And I try to back to them, their energy. Uh-huh. And, and I try to listen and sort of validate yeah. their, their entry point. Because, you know, it depends. Some people are like, Oh, my parents showed me 24. Some people are still in 24. Like there are certain people that watch it over and over again. And then know, there's other people that are like, Gail the snail. Like, <laughs> so because, I, like whatever thing they want to experience. Like I try to, sometimes people will reference other things in always sunny. Like they'll go, Oh, I can't even think of it. Cause I don't, I don't watch the show. I love them. I think they are top notch. I, yeah. I, I love all those guys. I love Caitlin, known her for a long time. I I am not. I don't watch. I've I watch some. Yeah. But people that watch that show have it memorized, and they watch it over and over again, and they make references to like other things, that, and then I can see them a little bit. They're a little disappointed. Where I'm like, uh huh. Mm -hmm. that Isn't that weird? Part, that I thing. I get and that I, even from because we were on King of the Hill for five seasons and sometimes people fans know the show better than I do. And I worked on it on yeah. shows that I worked on. I don't fuck. I'm, I don't remember them as well. And they do. And I always feel like, I don't know, it's an awkward. It's awkward for me. I don't know how I'm supposed to be. And it's a speak. huge compliment because you because, you know, that energy you want. You're like, yes, that's such a great. The fact yeah. that they identify with it and they know it so well is yeah. so, is a wonderful thing. But as the person who creates it. You go like, yeah, I did it. And then I moved on. Yeah. I'm not like living in it, but it's such a beautiful thing when people are fans of stuff. It's just, I can't be there because I got to like get a job, you know? You have to be in the present. Exactly. I think that's some, you see this a lot. I mean, I hear about this a lot um, about stars who, you know, I, I find, I talked about this a while ago. I saw an old clip of Eve Plum, who was, who played Marsha Brady, remember, you know, and she was like on the Jerry's, I don't know what show she was on Jerry's for something like maybe Jerry's. I don't know. This is whatever, 20 years ago. And then someone from the audience said, um, they raised their hand. Can you just do it? And she's, and I, remember that. I think I've seen that clip. She what went and she was like, no, she wasn't like, she was like, she knew what she wanted and she wasn't going to do it. And then she kind of, so the woman was, can you just say, can you, you know, and she wanted her to say, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. And she wouldn't do it. And I felt, I, I didn't blame her at all. I, I mean, you could see why she didn't want to do it. I didn't blame yeah, her. That's probably for her. She's like, that was. Yeah, I was, I was 10, you know? Yeah. I can't, I can't pretend like I'm still a 10 year old. This is like, I, I live in the present and I don't think people recognize that. And it was a little heartbreaking uh, because yeah. I, she was disappointing them, but she, I, you couldn't blame her. How could, what do you, you know, she's this today. What do you expect? It is heartbreaking. It goes yeah. from being an amazing thing to like not cool <laughs> after a, yeah. while, after a certain amount of time. Does it even for you the same way you mean? 
No, I mean, I don't, I really don't mind it. And I've uh -huh. learned, you know, for the most part, most people are just really nice. So I'm, right. I'm lucky. Most people are just like, they love it. And then they say that and then they move on, you know, right. the right. only thing a little bit frustrating for me is like running into a casting director who's like thinks I'm still I mean this was a few years ago but she's like you're on the uh, 24 right I'm like no dude that that's been done for like 13 years. <laughs> no one's on 24 <laughs> like no and I and the you know speaking of the strike and I make no mm -hmm. residuals and I made a low amount of money and like people think because it's a, such a high profile right. show that like oh you're good right like you're done <laughs> like yeah. you know, I, I need to like yeah uh, you know change the, the 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 image of myself but whatever yeah you have to constantly you know it doesn't end I think people don't realize that it's like especially for actors like oh, you're not done like you have to constantly get work and it's like nothing you nothing's a given I mean yeah. uh I mean, I'm sure it's a little easier for you because people know that when they hire you, they're going to get a good performance, but it's not like, you know, you still got to audition, you still got to go yeah. out for stuff. So, um, you know, it's hard. Do you, is it even hard? I mean, it must've been much harder in the beginning getting no's a lot for, as an actor, right? Hearing no at it when you audition, getting rejected in the beginning, or was that, was that not your case? I mean, it's not... Yeah, the nose is one thing, but I think it's what you were saying earlier, even though you were equating it to stand up. It's for me, it's like getting it up again. I, and uh -huh. I, some people are better at this, but it's making it a numbers game. But to like, ugh, to put it out there for audition over and over again is harder than the nose. And I know the. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's like, ugh, I no, don't I know. Agree. Do you and do you have that same thing with stand up as well or no? Um, like it's you a get here because it's in my control and yeah. more frequently you do it, but it also is a beast because if you take like a few days off, it's like oh, I got to get back in. Why? Why? Who is? It, why do you have to get? Why do you say that? It's because the Just business the, side, um, and the 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 timing and the rhythm oh, and okay. the, being present. It's just like a constant. You've got to constantly work out that muscle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's so do you do and so you do crowd work as well. Then it sounds like you'll you interact yeah. with them. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a, you have a preference? No, I mean, I remember there was this one club where the guy. It was like a um what's that word like not vanity but like he was like retired but was like i'm gonna start a comedy club uh -huh. but like didn't like put all this money into like the drywall and the design and the sound but there was no the audience didn't know why they were there there was no sense of like you know when you go into an older comedy club like the comedy yeah. store or right. some of these places that have been there forever the punchline in san francisco everyone knows why they're there the seats are close together they're facing the stage they're very simple things but it's hard to create that like oh we go here to see comedy and that gets lost a lot lately and there was a new club and i remember i like it was like whack-a-mole where i'm teaching them how to focus like we're at a yeah. show and these women you know they're drinking like they're at a bar and they're talking to each other and i'm like oh and i got off the stage walked into the audience and was like oh yeah you guys 
and they're like, we're divorced too. And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, we're the same, but you know what I wouldn't do? Go to your show and then act like I was at a bar. And they were like, Oh, and they shut up. But I, you know, I but isn't that so strange? Like it's, that's the problem with stand up. It's different when you're doing stand up in front of a, whatever you sell a theater and you sell out tickets. And when you're in a club, people are, are, are people might be there just to socialize with their fucking friends. And it's so, it's a whole different thing, man. It's a whole different level of, they could be hostile. They could, you know, I don't know. That kind of stuff worries me a little bit. And I've, I didn't yeah. stand up as a, when I was much younger, but I didn't, wasn't thinking it through I, enough. What happened? Tell me about it. Oh, I don't know. I just did it. Maybe you've heard, there's a club. I, you know, I live, I was from New York. So there's a couple of clubs nearby and, uh, you know, I do it on the weekends and stuff. And, uh, and I didn't colleges shows and stuff like that. But at some point I was like, you know what? I'd rather, what's the end goal? I have to be on the road or, or if I become a comedy writer, then I can just stay in one place and I can go to sleep at a decent hour. So that's, so that's how, what my thinking was. How to be a comedy writer at the beginning. How did you yeah. learn how to edit down on the page? Yeah, that's really hard because it's, it's, it's a different thing. I had took some classes and then I teamed up with Siebert and then we, we started writing more scripts together and then you have to learn story structure. That's like the hardest thing there is. And, um, but even I remember driving out here from New York after I graduated thinking, okay, think of something funny. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, no, it doesn't work that way, man. Like, I didn't have a voice. That's why I was talking. Like, I didn't know. So how did you find your voice? The voice thing, well, when you're writing on a TV show, you don't. You find the voice of you, the the actor you're writing for, or you find the voice for the characters that already exist. Like, you're you're there to, you're you're not, you're not supposed to have your voice. You're supposed to have their voice. And so when I was writing my book, so I, I have a, maybe you can see it. So I wrote this book and I've, I've been performing on it. So, so this is why I'm so curious to talk to performers. And the whole process of finding my voice was really scary in the beginning. It was like, well, what can I write on my own without an executive giving me notes without, and then finding your voice meant just being honest. And that was really hard, you know? <laughs> so, you know. I so there, it's like it's like it feels like the wrong answer. Just be honest. Boom. Well, be honest with what who you are. You know, you have to speak That's the hard. truth. You know, you have to be vulnerable. But um, but that was if there are there are times as I've been performing to theater, so it's not stand up because that's different. You're selling tickets and like you, people are friendly. But um, there were times before I go up every every show, I kind of say to myself, "Why am I doing this again? You know, what what's what am I? You know, I'm getting nervous. Why am I doing this? So. Yeah, well, do you get back in it? You're performing. Yeah, yeah. We'll just see where it takes me. You know. And have you that. done a lot of? Are you on the road? Well, I've done. We did. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I think eight shows in LA and a couple in Boston. And then I'm waiting for the book to drop. Then I'll go back on the road again. And we'll see where I can sell tickets. That's the hard. We'll see. We'll see. People say they want to see me. Well, we'll see. You know, because you're literally selling one ticket at a time. You're like. You're talking about, hey, come see me, Boston. And then you look at the ticket sales. Oh, there's there's a sale. <laughs> then you do another post and then another ticket sale. So it's it's hard. You know, everything's yeah. hard. Yeah. Hmm. Do you feel, do you, is that your experience at all? Is any of this your experience? No, my shit is just, I'm just really selling out everywhere. <laughs> but do you, and do you, uh, do you promote a lot? Is that, is, that, is that what the podcast is for? At who you do on all platforms at that. Uh -huh. Okay. Sorry. What'd you say? No. Is that, is that what the podcast is for to help let people know you're coming to their city or something? Yeah. And because we, 
Jeffrey does feature for me, I mean, that would be really, again, like pretty dreamy if, if it kind of all is starts, you know, part of the same package that people could listen to it, hear us, come see us live. Right. You could even do your podcast live. Is that something you want to do? Yeah. I mean, no. yeah. Yeah. I know at this point it depends, you know, how many episodes are you dropping? Uh, like we, you do one, one a week or something. And do you shoot it in your, where, where do you record it? We record it in Sun Valley. In Sun a, Valley? Yeah. Is that good or bad? What's wrong with it's that? Good. That's it. Um, our producers are there and they put yeah, it but out. We have a studio. Yeah, they have a studio. Yeah, I know Sun Valley. Yeah. Awesome. I like Sun Valley. They got they got that nice, um, there's a Latuna Canyon is my favorite road to drive on. Oh, look yeah. That. Yeah, I know the area well. Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my content, and I know you do because you're listening to me, I will email it to you for free. Just join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos of the week. These are for writers, actors, creative types, people like you. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not going to spam you. And the price is free. You got no excuse. To join, go to michaeljammin.com slash watchlist. And now back to what the hell is Michael Jammin talking about? Is there other projects, I don't know, where you want to work on other than this? I'm so curious. I really am curious to see where else this will take you, all this energy you're putting into. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, other than, I guess, acting, I don't know. And anything I else you... Well, the thing is, I don't know what else to do because I uh, am an artist. So it's always been tied to my personal life and my personal expression. And there's a, th right. th there's a therapeutic aspect to it. And I don't really, I feel like if I could have taken the route of, I don't know, I just didn't, I never had the ability to be like, I'm going to write scripts. Uh, so I just, you know, kind of amped up the thing that I am good at and I'm, and I'm hoping that it, I don't know. What about theater? Do you think about, or is that just not, that's, just a, money, that's a money maker right there. I, well, I mean, but you could say, is it less of a money maker than stand up? I mean, what, like, what is that what it is? Yeah. I think so. I think it's less of a moneymaker and more of a commitment. Well, because I saw a show yesterday at the Geffen. It was a small little show. The theater was probably 99 seats or something. I don't know. But uh, it was a nice little show. Yeah. But, but okay. But, but when you go on the road, though, you're effectively saying, because you, how far out, you're effectively saying, I can't audition. I can't be booked for anything. Well, yeah. But, you know, if there's no shows that are booking you, then you're like, then that that you know that's why I've been on the road because I it's been sort of a diminishing return of yeah I mean there's no auditions to have really I don't know I don't you know I don't know and so do your are your agents your agents help with that or do you have a separate booking agent for the road we don't want to go down the road of what is really okay of like how this is working for me Let's oh I'm so indelicate I'm just because I see you all the no, time no no it's just uh, I, there's not you know, I see you on Instagram performing and I'm like, you're doing, you're funny. You're doing, you're great. It seems like you're doing fantastic in my eyes. So that's why I'm yeah. like, I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm doing yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get, you get booked on all these shows and I don't know. It, I, I don't know. I, I think you've done a pretty amazing career. I mean, especially when you look at all that you have done. Yeah. Uh, so look at it that way. It's, it, yeah. it's been really amazing. What do I get to do from here? 
I don't know. And and honestly, looking back on it, I've I've never known. It'd be it'd be a nice idea for me to be able to go. I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have that, and that's gonna pay off. But how do you? Okay, so for me, I would be very like. How do you? When you you're an artist, so you know an artist. So artists know that there's nothing. This is the freedom. Is that that's the trade off? You're making that trade off. So how do you, how do you how are you making sure that you're good with that? How do you not worry about it? How do you not stress? How do you like? Okay, I'm making art. It's really scary. And and that and you lean into it. Yeah, you just I just lean into it, and I've been lucky enough to get a certain amount of work. And uh, you know, I look back on the year and I go, I go, I don't know how I did it. Really, you know. Right, because I have the same fear as myself. I'm like, okay, yeah, I've done it every year up till now, but I don't know how I'm going to do it this year. Same thing, you know? you know. I've had enough success that I, I hopefully I have the building blocks, like you're saying, to be enough of a name to like get in yeah. the door and make enough money to to keep it going. It's just like a big gamble, and I think I'm saying like we're going down a dark road. It's not that I'm like negative about it because I'm. I really love my career and I love what I do, but it is, you know, it does get to the point where you're like, how much energy do I have? Uh -huh. It's a life of like sacrifice. You know, I don't live the traditional right. life, uh, especially now that I'm divorced and it's like, like what's going on? If you would have told me I would be driving to West Hollywood to do sets, mm. you know, I'm going, well, this, this feeds me. This helps me feel alive. It helps right. me feel creative. It, 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 it must lead to something. And if it doesn't like, but do you have friends from back where you grew up who have vastly different non Hollywood lives who've just, you know, taken these jobs where, you know, and, and do you, can you relate to them now? No. When was the last time you tried? Like, because like I, I was recently at an event where I saw some people I grew up with and I was like, ah, they all seem so grown up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like they really know what's going on. They They're do. Really, they really have these foundational, uh, yeah. beliefs and you know, they'll, they'll explain their insurance policies to you and yeah. they'll, they'll tell you about, you know, the, the, uh, the drains in their yard. They have, they have intimate knowledge of their, you know, the duct work and they're, they're, they're remodeling the kitchen and they're right. It's, it's always about the remodeling of the kitchen. That's the big one. And I'm always, whenever I hear it, I always get a little insecure. I always feel like, eh, did I, am I doing something wrong? Oh yeah. I get really, you know, cause they'll have the parties where it's the same mm -hmm. people come into the same place. And so-and-so is bringing that same casserole again. Yeah. And I don't have that. Yeah. You don't have that. No. I, my friends that I have in the twenties, everyone went off and had their, their lives. And also I've like moved a lot. Right. A lot of, uh, and I see, I get to socialize doing stand up, but then you're like, hi, bye. And then you kind of go back to your life. And, uh, yeah. I tell what, cause I wonder is, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I, so I wonder if they have the same thoughts about your life. Are they like, man, you know, Mary Lynn's got it. She, she did it or, or, or Mary Lynn doesn't have a, can't talk about drains. <laughs> I think it's both. I, I, my guess is that it's probably like, oh gosh, that poor thing. She has no stability. Mm -hmm. You know, on the other hand, it'll be the people that are like, can I go with you? Can I come on the road with you? And I'm like, really? 
I wonder if they, are they serious, do you think, or what? I don't know. There's different versions of it. There's like the woman that I ran into that I went to high school with who actually, who had a son. I think at the time, this was years ago, she had like a 12 year old son. She's like, can I be your assistant and come on the road with you? And it's like, I don't know what she was like, worked at some company that sold fans or something like ceiling. Uh Like, I don't know what you think this is. (laughs) But, oh, you're going to take, first of all, I'm not going to pay you anything. If I'm able to think it's going to be a drastic pay cut. And then what? You're going to same bed as me and you're going to be away from your son. Like, how does that work? And you're going to do exactly what? And, and and do you ask them that or is it just like you just kind of change the subject? I just change the subject. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's because obviously of, there's a, it's kind of messed up. It's sort of a compliment of like, oh, you think this is some fantastical thing. Like, yeah, let's just change the subject and let that live in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Other than what it actually is. They don't see the reality of it. They don't. Right. They really don't. Which is so interesting. But, no, it's part of the magic of going on stage and doing a show i'm sure mm-hmm. any person could stop and go oh she probably napped until 4 p.m and didn't talk to anybody except for two words to the lady at the front desk they what? but that it, you you know you get to be there and have this show and have the magic of being in that moment and being in that space and is it hard for you to come down after you perform uh, i've gotten used to it Real, I mean, you can, so what do you do? Do you hang out at the comedy club for a little bit or you just head back bit. and go? You a do? Little a little bit. Interesting. And then you can go, you can go back to sleep because even, I don't know, it's hard to come down from like, you're just, because you're, you, when you're on stage, you are, you are, you are in it 100%. You're giving everything. You're not letting a moment, your mind is racing. You're not letting anything, you know, you're not like you're, just, you're, it's not like a day at the office where you got your feet up and you're really not paying attention. <laughs> You are a hundred percent in it, and it, it's exhausting. High and a low, yeah, for sure. It's exhausting, right? I mean, it really yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, it's great, but it's exhausting. Typically, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying everyone's like this, but typically, it's like sometimes you'll have friends in the city, and they're like, "Oh, come with us to dinner." It's like I'm not sitting for dinner before yeah. a show. Yeah, you got to focus, right? Do you run through your set before every before every show, or are you um, at the point you don't need to do that? Well, right now I'm running through my set because I'm taping in Chicago, but I'm only doing one show. So uh-huh. I'm trying to trick myself because usually you do a whole weekend and I, I'll i get an idea of the set list. And then sometime, a lot of times I will have an incident or some fact about the city. So I'll try to have that at the beginning, you know, as like a greeting. Right. Of- something that happened that day or facts about their city. And, you know, depending on sometimes that'll be more fruitful than others. And that'll, that'll get me going. Cause it's like, I'll think of something funny that I can just try off the cuff at the beginning. That. Well, that's interesting. Are you trying, so are you trying to give these shows like a shape or, or is it just like, I want to give as, give as many laughs as I can in however long I'm up on stage or is there a shape to it? Um, Usually as many laughs and I've gotten to the point where, and this is because I've done a ton of shows lately. It's gotten to the point where like this last time I was out, I just went, I'm going to do my closer first. Just okay. See, once I get to the end of that, to see where the energy is and to yeah. see what 
say next. Right. So you tried doing your closer first, which which is going to be strong. And then what happened when you got to the end of your set? You're like, oh, I don't have a closer now. <laughs> I mean, it was really fun. It was really exciting because it yeah, because it got it to this level. Yeah. And the energy carried through to the other pieces and it kind of caused me to deliver the other things better, honestly. Yeah, that's interesting. That really and, is interesting. And ending on something else. But uh -huh. I, you know, I have enough to play around with where, yeah, you're kind of in your head. I'm going, oh, I guess I'm going to say that now. Like I'm present, but I'm also like moving things around a little bit. Yeah. And it's that you're right. It's about that. Um, the excitement is when you don't get the laugh where you thought you're going to get a laugh. You go, uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> things are about to go off the rails. Right. I mean, yeah, the way you're thinking about this, I'm like, you're going to be on the road doing stand up soon. Um, you know, I don't know, because uh, it's such a different thing. I, it really is such a different thing. It's like, like I said, the sometimes the audience is, well, sometimes they're not really there to see you. They're, they're there to go out with their friends and have a drink. And you're just in their way. <laughs> you're talking through their night out in the town. You know, I've seen it enough that like, guys, it's kind of, it's it can be rude. <laughs> Stand up can be, they yeah, can be rude. Go to a bar. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. But I feel like when I do, at least when I perform, it's a little different because they're there to see. I feel like uh, someone asked me before, like, what are you going to do if they heckle? I'm like, oh, oh, oh no one's going to heckle. That's not that kind of show. I would assume that's not going to happen because it's not that kind of show. It's like, you right. know. You know, I'm sad I missed your LA show. So, are you reading for your book and talking in between? Or yeah, it's more performative. So it's like a reading is here, but it's really up and out. It's up and yeah. out. It's it's like it's kind of like well, have you ever seen any David Sedaris? You ever seen yeah. him perform? Yeah, it's a little like that, but it's a little more performative, a little more. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's but that's what it is. So I'll let you know when the next time is. But um, yeah, it was a little terrifying the first time, and I had to take acting. Lessons. I had to learn how to act. You did? Well, yeah, I had to, have, you know, I, you know, I've directed actors, but it's one thing when you do it yourself, you, here's the problem. And cause it was my wife directed and she was, I met her, she was an actor. So she knows how to act. And so, cause I met her, I met her on set. And um, so she directs it and she's like, the first time we're rehearsing, she goes, you're what, you're taking the stage all wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, cause I'm walking on stage and I'm it's like that. Like why? Like she's like, no, 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 no. You're you have to. You're a rock star when you take the stage. I'm like, but I'm not a rock star. You are when you take the stage. You know, and it's a whole different energy. Imagine people going, "It's Chloe from 24," and I'm like, "Hi guys." Yeah, like right. I, I just learned by throwing myself into that fire. Like, oh, I have to match at least what their image is of me, and then more. I've got to bring myself. Yeah. Because they're coming to see someone famous. They're coming to see their favorite character on a TV show, whatever it is. And they, they, that's, what they, that's what they want. That's what they yeah, want. How to represent your work. Otherwise, it's like, why is this guy yeah. like. Why is this guy here? Yeah. Or he's like self-deprecating. It's like, what? Like, what is that? They don't want that. That's exactly right. They don't want that. It is the equivalent of a strong choice out of the gate. A clear intention. But it felt like imposter syndrome. It felt like, but I'm not. Like, what? what it's too bad. You know, yeah. that's what you, that's what they want to see. That's what they I paid to see. That. No, that's great. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, and also about, Jesus, it's about like giving, allowing 
if the like allowing there to be a silent moment for a second, which is terrifying, you know? Oh yeah. I love the I love the silences. Yeah. I mean it's not it's different when you're reading from your book, but through the acting point of view is because you're listening. You're listening. It's not meant to be like, here's what I'm saying. It's uh the words are like an after effect of your intention and what you're reacting to. Yeah, but in my case, there's a the, there's an audience and it's dark. I can't see them. I know they're there. And so when you say I'm listening, I'm not hearing anything. I'm just sensing it, right? Well, no, you're listening to you are becoming a listener within your own material that you're presenting. You think I'm listening so, to myself? Yeah. So you're the, like, stand-up is similar in that. Uh -huh. I'm not explaining it so clearly, but it's like, uh, I had to learn in stand-up, because I am an actor, that I'm the narrator. So I hold the space and I create the context, but I'm also the character within it. So it's the character that's listening. So you are presenting it. You, you know, you're not the rock star, but the right. character guy that's going to come out, I'm telling you the story. And once I start telling you the story, I enter into that story and I become the character of the story. It's so interesting because you, you have given this thing, this performing thing, a lot of thought, you know, <laughs> right. Am I right? You think yeah. about this a lot. I mean, that most actors or, you know, I don't think people appreciate that as much because that's like you're talking like an artist would talk, you know, I really <laughs> think so because you're saying you're kind of, you've given a lot of that. You're explaining the thought. You're not just, I, you don't just go up there and talk. That's not what you're doing. You've given it a lot of thought about what it is, what your obligation is to being on stage and how you have to Yeah, I guess the obligation to the art that you create. Another yeah. point of that listening thing is like, goes back to the point of view, which you do when you're writing scripts mm -hmm. in order to write through that person's voice, they listen, that character listens in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. their perspective. Yeah. But call on a little bit more about, okay, so what is it you think I have to do or be when I'm on stage? Give me some acting, give me some lessons here. Well, it depends on the, on what you're saying, but when you, I'm just, I think I was going off of you saying like the silences. Yeah. Imagining you take a moment because you've just said something and right. you're wanting to think in or what you've said had a certain tone or intention that you don't want to rush through because exactly. you've, either, you've either just made a point mm -hmm. or you expressed something in a certain way that needs space. It requires a lot of trust, though, because when you take that space, you want the audience. I, I want to let you feel it. Just take a second to feel it. But the trust it requires is that I, they are actually feeling it. That's right. Right. That's and right. maybe they're not. That's the problem. That's right. <laughs> and that space in between right. is the dangerous. And when you talk about, you know, on when I see you on IG talking about yeah. AI is like. This is this is the back and forth that we want. This is the, we come right. together. I'm going to say something. I'm going to see if it affects you. I'm going to say with an intention, did you hear it the way that I intended or did something else happen? Right. You, 
making me think of those articles when you press listen and it comes out in an AI voice. Like, you, you know, you're. That's what people don't. That's what they don't get. That's and that's what. Yeah, that's what they don't get. When I talk about can AI do what artists do and they go, yes, they can. I, I've already seen it. And they're like, I don't think you understand the thought that we put into this. <laughs> I think you're missing what we try to do here, you know. And you, you know? do that all the time you know because i've watched a lot of your clips lately where mm -hmm. you'll be explaining something and then you'll digress and go into a joke and you're you're immediately without thinking about it because you thought of the joke and then you're acting it out and then mm -hmm. you're going back to what you're saying so that's yeah awesome. yeah but sometimes even when i watch myself i go eh, i did it better in my head <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know? that's exactly right yeah but that's to me so i'm, I'm glad you said this because I think that that you it actually helps me. That's the part I was getting stuck on the trusting that the audience is feeling what I want them to feel in that silence, and that they're not like you know doing this or whatever. You right, know? because now you're in the position to deliver it because you're usually giving your script to someone else and going, "You yeah. be in the deliver yeah. it. Walk. I'll tell you if you're delivering it." Now you're in the yeah the driver's seat of that. Yeah. And it really gives me a new appreciation for really how hard it is. And oh, and by the way, do it 10 times while the cameras are over here and while people are walking and all this is going on. We need you to be in that moment 10 times and oh, off book and go. <laughs> and now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a hard job, you know, being in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's the weirdest part. What? Like do it now? Yeah, because you're making yourself vulnerable again and again, and you're coming to that point over of jumping off. Like, I remember I was at school, it was like a Game of Thrones sketch, and there was another mom, and it was just the, we were out on the lawn of the school, and it was something for the fundraiser, and mm -hmm. one of the other moms were joking around, I'm doing my bit, and the camera turns to her, and she's got a whatever it was, whatever spoof of somebody wrote, it turns to her and she went and she got like, it like fucked her up. And I started <laughs> laughing and I was like, yeah, that's, it's <laughs> humiliating. And she yeah. was, she had to say it was like one line as, uh -huh. you know, oh, my dragons, are, you know, and she, and she just went, oh, and I watched her just crumble. And I'm, and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That moment every time it's you hit that point of like humiliation because you've got to open up and commit and put yourself out there to make an ass of yourself or put the most tender parts of yourself manufacture you're you're man you're getting ready for the moment and then when the moment happens i don't know it's a weird thing you're showing up yeah you're that's exact you said it perfectly i totally understand that and so she just thought this was going to be easy and uh and it made you laugh because it's like see it's, I, this is every day i got to do this <laughs> weird thing I don't, like well, i don't know why you're someone you know is holding a camera they just turned it on you yeah. and they said say a certain thing in a certain way how do you do that yeah because it makes you self-conscious of your existence now you real <laughs> right and then and then what do you do then when you're on when you become aware of your existence and your acting what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Your head's in blood. Like, what do you, like, and the cameras are on you, and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm in a show. <laughs> there's, there's camera, there's lights Bloody and everything.
That's the question. Hopefully right. you get paid for it is what you do. Hopefully you what? Hopefully you get paid to you figure get paid out what for, you do. Right. But it's so interesting. Do you talk to other actors a lot about this? Is this a conversation actress? Why not? No, but when I do, because it, you know, I should more because it's actually is really, um, and honestly, it's pretty invigorating. But yeah. uh, I'll run into people and we'll sort of organically stumble upon it. Uh, maybe there are people that talk about it. I don't. It, 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 it's very nice when I get to have camaraderie like that. But when you've been on set, you surely you've talked, you've worked with some, you know, let's say older, bigger stars. You don't ask them, hey, I, I, how about some tips? What, what do you do? Not really. I mean, there was one thing I, I wrote about it in my book um, mm. called Famish. Famish. Also, my podcast, At That Will You Do. But uh, there was And that's one a great thing. title, by the way, Famish. Thank you so much. It uh, is. Yeah. On the 24, where I had to act to a blank computer screen, but someone like someone I knew or cared about was being tortured. But in the moment, it was like, go. And I was just by myself in front of a blank computer screen. And I did ask um, Kiefer's advice and it was super helpful. And he really, he actually stood off screen and talked me through it. So mm -hmm. he became my partner and he was telling me what I was seeing. So he helped me with like oh. some... So that what was the advice he gave specifically? Do you remember? He the oh, it wasn't really advice. He just helped me. Okay. Like it was like okay, he's on the bike. The guys are coming up to him. They grabbed his head. He fell on the ground. So I was reacting. He was acting out the scene for me, okay. and he letting me know that I wasn't crazy for going. How the how do you do this? I'm sitting right. in blank screen, and so in that moment. He was, you know, from that point on, if he wasn't there, I knew how to like, I'm just creating that in my head. A lot of people think that's the job of the director on a TV show, but often they, that's, they, there's really no time for them to even do any of that, right? Correct. They, yeah. they're, they're thinking of a bunch of different things and they might course correct you, but they're not giving you, this is like the actor's work is to yeah. know yeah. all that. I'll make adjustments along the way, but they're looking at all these other aspects at the same time. Yeah, there's. It's not one. It's not what you maybe you think it is. It's not like a rehearsal time. It's like no, you show up to work, go, and go. You know. Yeah. Did you study? Did you train a lot for? You know, where did you train for? No, I was lucky enough to get very much on the job training. So, but, but the way you because the way you talk about it, it makes it sound like you did study. Um, I mean, I've taken a couple classes here or there but nothing it was it was sort of on the fly i did acting in high school so like i uh -huh. knew i sort of knew what blocking was right but i really got schooled like i got schooled by gary shamling i was already on the larry mm -hmm. show and he i put this in my book too and he like he's like uh cut and he looks at me and he goes what are you thinking i was like uh because i he called me out because i uh -huh. wasn't anything uh-huh and I was like, uh, and he goes, you need to like know what your character is thinking. Cause I was reacting and I was interesting. Right. But in the moment he knew there was a backstory that I was supposed to have in my mind and I didn't. And he called me out on it. And it, from that point forward, I was like, oh, subtext. Cause I was just like a part, right. you know, I just happened to be whatever lucky enough to be interesting or sh sh so have certain qualities i got hired right 
And I sort of instinctually did it. But from that moment on, I was like, subtext, subtext, subtext. So these, like this discussion we just had, these are just basically questions you've been asking yourself over the course of your career. Yeah. And thinking about. Yeah. 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 Which is so interesting because it's like other actors, you're talking about stuff that's been taught and you came to it yourself. And it's only the way you came to it is because you have to ask these questions. Like if, if you're an actor, the it doesn't matter if your teacher teaches you or you figure it out yourself. It all leads to the truth, which is what you have to do. So, yeah. It's, or yeah. There, a lot of times it's like how to make something work. Mm -hmm. Like you're tired or even you're asked to do a comedy sketch and it's like, how do I sell this joke but be true to the intention but move the scene forward? Also, you know, it could be anything. It could yeah. be like, oh, I'm sitting at a table so that I, I, you know, I'm not seeing that thing that would have caused me to react. It's just, yeah, you're always like being asked questions. It's How a, do I it, thing quickly or whatever. It's a shame that our show didn't go because we, we could have had this discussion 10 years ago. I know we really could have. We could have been creating episodes and talking about stuff and making art or something. But instead, we have, pod <laughs> we have podcasts. <laughs> Well, I guess we can wrap, but I've taken so much of your time, but I want to thank you so much for, let's talk about, let's plug your podcast one more time and this, and make sure is there any, well, I don't know when this is going to drop or else I'd say, see you on the road, but on your, you must have a website where people could find out where they can, where you, they can follow you on the road, right? Or your, your Instagram or something. It's Maryland, Maryland.com. Follow me on Instagram and go check out at that. Will you do, you know, in between listening to your podcast. Oh yeah. Go definitely check it out. And it's so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think this will have, people have a new appreciation for, for what you do. Cause uh, it's, you, you make it look easy, but it's not, you put a lot of thought into this. So, you know, I love it. You know, I really you know. do. I, you're oh, so, so great. I'm so happy that you're having all this success on social cause you're just very natural and insightful and inquisitive and caring and thoughtful. So. I hope so. That's the character I play. <laughs> That's my character. You're an actor. My character is nicer than I am. So. <laughs> but thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, don't don't go anywhere. I'll thank you one more time as we as we sign off. All right, everyone. Another interesting talk about art and and writing and creativity. Thank you so much. Uh, until next week, keep keep writing or doing whatever it is you're doing. So now we all know what the hell Michael Jammin's talking about. If you're interested in learning more about writing, make sure you register for my free monthly webinars at michaeljammin.com slash webinar. And if you found this podcast helpful or entertaining, please share it with a friend and consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. That really, really helps. For more of this, whatever the hell this is, follow Michael Jammin on social media at Writer. And you can follow Phil Hudson on social media at Phil A. Hudson. This podcast was produced by Phil Hudson. It was edited by Dallas Crane. And music was composed by Anthony Rizzo. And remember, you can have excuses or you can have a creative life. But you can't have both. See you next week. <laughs>